0: This is 2021. This is the Betfred Red Super League. Be ready. Hello again and welcome along to this week's Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast sponsored as always by the game's major benefactors, Beck Fred. First of all, a big thank you again to Barry McDermott for taking Steve-O's place last week. It's been a wee while then since we last spoke to the man himself, so let's get straight into the debates right away. And there's only one place to start, and that's with the World Cup announcement from Australia and New Zealand over the past seven days saying they are unwilling to travel across to the UK for the tournament this autumn. So, sadly, steve it now looks highly unlikely to me that the World Cup can go ahead
1: after all. What a mess. Yeah, and it's an absolute disgrace that they have decided to pull out of the World Cup after all that effort. And to make matters worse is that they did not have the respect to actually Contact the Players Association. Now, the president of that organization is Clint Newton, the former Hawkinson Rovers player. And he is absolutely appalled by the decision. And I have to agree. Why on earth do you just say you're not going without even talking to the players? It's the one thing that a player wants to play in is to represent your country in a World Cup.
0: Is that what all the players are saying, Steve-O? Because it does seem many of them are still determined to come. But but how on earth can that happen if the employers, i.e. the clubs, if they say, no, you can't?
1: That is exactly the legal side of things. But, do you know, there's nearly 500 Australian athletes have gone to Tokyo for the Olympics. Now, throw in another 200 for coaches managers etc cetera, etc cetera. and yet they are proud to represent australia in tokyo and we've got to make sure that we look after all the athletes and new south wales and queensland they've done the right thing they've had to go out of new south wales so that the nrl competition can still continue and they've got to go into a bubble now why can't they want to go into a bubble after they come back from the World Cup. And one of their complaints is that they're saying, well, they've got to have six weeks holiday. That is down into their contracts. And I understand that, that it's going to be difficult to restart a new season within the space of maybe four or five weeks. But all the time I have been here in Sydney, in Australia, Not once, and I mean this, not once has the World Cup been mentioned since the start in January.
0: Well, I noticed that as well, particularly during the State of Origin broadcasts. And if we were doing a Lancashire-Yorkshire or an England against the the rest of the world uh, exhibition match, we would be saying and pointing everyone towards the World Cup. You're right, it was never, ever mentioned. And a lot of people in this country, and I'm one of them, had doubts oh way back that this World Cup wouldn't happen once the pandemic had struck.
1: And that's why they've worked so hard to ensure that they are protected. I mean, the team from New Zealand, the Warriors, they have been out of New Zealand for nearly two years, away from their families. And they're quite willing to do that. And I am surprised that New Zealand has gone the same road as what the Australians have.
0: It might be the six-week business in the contract that they've all got to have the six weeks off. That, that could be the, the bottom line. If they give them six weeks off after the World Cup, that takes them to the middle of January. And basically, they're pre-season shot. Why don't they move
1: the season? Oh, well, they, they can't do to, that,
0: Steve. Oh, this is the NRL. Come on, you oh, can't do that. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. We, we've had to move things because of the, the pandemic. We've had to do different things to do that. But, oh, no. They've got to get there six weeks. It's just been too selfish. It it is appalling that the two governing bodies from Australia and New Zealand, they should be ashamed of themselves. This could have long-term effects on the International Rugby League Association. You think about it. They'll just say, well, if you don't want to join, then we can't be bothered. And yet, a lot of the Australian players are now trying to find out the connections, whether they, they can play for uh, uh, Samoa or Fiji or whatever. They're all trying it because they want to play in a World Cup. And why wouldn't they?
0: And some players are saying they will switch allegiances. You're absolutely right. If they find the way and they can do it legal, we don't want another Nathan Fiend business, do we? But if they can do it legally, um, you know, they, they want to they want to play in this competition, it seems to me.
1: Yeah, of course they do. I mean, look, James Graham, uh, he's back in Australia. He's, he's a pundit now on TV. And he made it quite clear. And he said, look, he suggested that uh, the COVID and, and player welfare was not the real reason that Australia and New Zealand pulled out. And I have to agree with him. It's because they don't want their players injured or getting this and getting that and maybe catching the the disease. And uh, you can understand both sides. But this is the World Cup, the ultimate in rugby league for every single player. And to do it without having any interest in notifying the NRL Players Association makes it an even bigger disgrace.
0: You touched on the Olympics that are on right now in Tokyo, um, and this is what a lot of people are finding a bit baffling. Australia, as you say, are there. There apparently is a rugby union Wallabies tour planned for this autumn here in the UK, and at the moment I believe that's going ahead. The Paralympics will follow the Tokyo Games. Aussie cricketers are out of the country playing in places like Bangladesh. Why do you think, is it just purely self-centeredness, that the NRL, the Australian Rugby League Commission and New Zealand are taking such a tough stance.
1: Correct. Now, if the Australians had cancelled going to Tokyo, I would have to start thinking, well, Australia has decided, not the players or the athletes, etc. But this, as you just mentioned, they've gone to Tokyo. And what about the British Lions? They've gone down to South Africa. That's right. They want to play for their country. Think of the pride of hearing your national anthem when you've won a gold medal or you've won a World Cup. They're going to be denied now.
0: They are, but to be fair, without the holders involved, it wouldn't be a World Cup, would it? It would, it would be a devalued competition, surely.
1: I, I agree. I don't think that we can go ahead unless they'll... Change their mind and there's quite a lot of people that have just started thinking what we've just discussed is well why have we got so many athletes going to to tokyo and yet a, a smaller arrangement remember this this five or six hundred people have gone from australia for the olympics what are we talking here maybe uh, 50 50 people with coaches and uh, and the players OK, maybe 80 people. I know they would have to go into a bubble, but so would all the other all the, all the other countries. They haven't pulled out.
0: So you have no sympathy whatsoever with this decision. Australia and New Zealand, as you know better than most, have been ultra careful during this pandemic. They've desperately tried to keep the lid on things while over here, though, though the cases now are dropping a little bit. We've still got over 20,000 cases a day. I can see where they're coming from. I really can, can't
1: you? Oh, yes, of course. It's the fear. It's the fear aspect, which, look, you want to look after your family. You want to look after your children. I can understand that. But if that had been the case where Australians had said, I'm not going to the Olympics. If the Australian tennis player, Ash Barty, said, I'm not going to go England because she would never have won the Wimbledon trophy. She became the champion. She wanted to represent not only herself, of course, to win it, to win the title. But she was proud to say, I'm Australian and I came over. I took that chance. And she did it with pride and she won. So, yes, I, I would sit back and say, well, I think everyone's done the right thing. But when part of your country is sending over so many people, And yet, we're going to have, say, 50 people from Australia, uh, 50 people from New Zealand said, no, we've got to look after the health of our our players. It's a catch-22.
0: It's not been handled well at all, has it? I remember at Wembley just, well, less than a fortnight ago now, we were all rejoicing in the news that the tournament had been given the go-ahead. Government ministers was there, the leader of the opposition was there. A few days later... The Aussies and the Kiwis dropped this bombshell. And from all accounts, the organisers here in the UK got just a four-minute warning via a WhatsApp message, apparently, that this decision was going to be made.
1: Disgraceful. And I, I just can't say, is there an answer to it? Well, yes, there is. Change your mind. Send these people over. We will look after them. They're looked after in Tokyo. The British Lions are being looked after in South Africa. If that had been cancelled, if the entire world and the Olympics, a lot of people wanted, a lot of people expected that the Olympics would be cancelled. But they went ahead with it. And there's great success and there's great admiration. Both here in Australia and, of course, my homeland in the UK.
0: And it's also a sign, I suppose, that uh, you know gradually we are getting back to some sort of normality. There, there, there is a there is a, a bit of a precedent, though, isn't there? Remember, remember 2001, post the 9/11 terror attack. The kangaroo says they weren't coming uh, then uh, because of the uh, fears about security. Then there was the big U-turn, and they they came after all. Do you think? Do you honestly think that will happen again?
1: Well, I think if people like you and I Uh, bringing it to the attention of of the general public. Eddie, this this could bring our game down to its knees, especially internationally-wise.
0: Well, the Women's uh, International Rugby League will be in severe uh, problems. The wheelchair as well, uh, International Rugby League, uh, is on a knife edge because of this from all accounts. But reportedly, the World Cup organisers they're willing to lob in £5 million for charter flights and special measures to ensure that the players uh, will be safe and sound. I I wonder if that sort of thing, I wonder if it will be enough to force
1: a reconsideration. Well, from my information, uh, that was already put to them, both New Zealand and Australia, uh, before they made that decision. So maybe... The Australian government might say, well, we can put you in a bubble when you come back, but not for 14 days. We could do you on a daily basis. And I'm sure that uh, the British government, as you've just mentioned, they, they're quite happy uh, to ensure the safety. I, I, I'm just appalled by it. I'm, I'm sure you can tell by my voice. I am uh, extreme, absolutely. I am extremely disappointed
0: he is here's a thought for you last week on on our podcast barry he suggested that there are dozens of aussies and kiwis playing here in the super league why don't we ask them to pull on the green and gold if these circumstances don't change is,
1: is that a viable proposition well it's certainly a proposition but I, i'm not sure it's viable but if that was the case uh, i do know that there are a lot of Australians and New Zealanders, uh, sorry, the New Zealanders and the South Sea Islanders um, are quite willing to say, well, I I know I can play for Australia or New Zealand, but my great-grandfather or my great-grandmother played for Samoa or was born in Samoa, etc. and so forth. Uh, They could do that, but you've got to accept the fact that if New Zealand And Australia do not join the World Cup. It will have to be cancelled. I know they've had the Olympics when the Russians didn't go, etc. and so forth. But it's going to be very, very difficult for people within rugby league. The fans, the organisers or whatever. It's going to leave a bad mark.
0: Well, they are saying now the USA and Serbia are the next two countries on the list if the Aussies and the Kiwis don't come. We go back to the original point. The two leading lights in the world don't come out to play. Okay? This tournament will be devalued so much, to such an extent, people might not bother to turn up for matches if they are still allowed to do so. You have to ask, Stebo, what is the point if that is the case?
1: I agree with you. You've got to play against the best to prove that you are really world champions. So I think it's dead in the water. Australia and New Zealand have to reverse their decision. And that's my only hope. It's sad.
0: It is sad. It is sad. The spotlight will will shine elsewhere. And I know if it's postponed 12 months, there are... A host of considerations about other events that are taking place in 2022, the Commonwealth Games, another football World Cup. Um, But, you know, listen, we we have to we have to move on. It does beg the question what people down there believe is the biggest competition, the World Cup or the NRL. But, you know, we've covered all that ground. Uh, So enough of the the great World Cup debate for now. Um, Let's look domestically. What on earth is going on at Leeds, Steve-O? Luke Gale, stripped of the captaincy. He's revealed in an exclusive column he writes for the Yorkshire Post newspaper. He had a bit of a, a spat with Richard Agar at a team meeting and subsequently walked out of training. He was dropped for the game against Salford, then stripped of the captaincy. He's apologised, said it's all over as far as he's concerned. He's back in the squad for this week, stood down for, quote, behaviours not aligned to team trademarks. So is it behind him? Is it all over as far as he's concerned?
1: Well, my information is that it centres all around him getting a mortgage. Is that correct? (laughs) Uh, well, unless Richard Agar's his mortgage company, I don't know. No, no, no. I, I mean, the, the information that we've been given down here in Sydney uh, has indicated that um, one of the sponsors uh, for Leeds is uh, uh, <laughs> you could get a mortgage from them and evidently he's gone somewhere else, which is against, the, I think, the rules and regulations of uh, how Leeds Rugby League Club look at it.
0: Well, if you want a mortgage, Steve, or you go where you can get a mortgage, it doesn't surely have to be with a particular building society
1: or bank that is connected to your club, surely. Well, I wouldn't think that uh, they'd have any any problems with that. But I'm talking about the Australian media, Eddie. They can't even mention the World Cup. (laughs) I mean, it it just shows it.
0: Back to Leeds. Kevin Sinfield now is leaving after this Sunday's game against Warrington a couple of months early to take up his position with the Leicester Tigers. I'm sure the two incidents, Luke Gale and and Kevin's early departure, aren't connected, but he leaves apparently with the blessing of everyone at Headingley, uh, a glittering career, and he's overseen the signing of uh, Aidan Caesar from Huddersfield, the re-signing of Matt Pryor, plus bringing through a host of outstanding youngsters uh, are on board. So, uh, job done for Kevin.
1: He's been a great, great ambassador for our game of Rugby League, and to lose him, is a sad loss. But I it wish is. him all the
0: best. Yeah, we both do. We both do, and uh, that knighthood can't be can't be too far away. Keep banging on about it. The knighthood's
1: on the yeah. way for you, Kev. Well, I tell you what, we've we've called him that for years anyway, haven't
0: we? We have, Sir Kev. Yeah, Sir Kev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a massive game in the Betfred Championship this weekend. Featherson Rovers entertain Toulouse Olympique, the two unbeaten sides at the top of the table. Here's a hint, maybe of who is better equipped to get into the Super League next year, perhaps?
1: Well, they certainly are playing well. I think they'll be far too strong for Featherstone. Sorry, you Featherstone fans. <laughs> I'm a proud Yorkshireman, but...
0: Well, Toulouse have played nine and won nine. They're top of the table on this uh, this uh, percentage business. And Featherstone played 13 and won 13. So something's got to give this weekend. Uh, it, it'll be fascinating to see who comes out on top of that one
1: it sure will it's um and let's face it um they've both got good squads i wouldn't i wouldn't have a bet on it i did you know i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty tight with my shilling mm. but uh, i wouldn't even get my wallet out oh i've i've, I've suggested that i i have a wallet
0: <laughs> <laughs> never seen it never seen it in my life all <laughs> uh, obviously if toulouse or or Featherston come up it, it means that someone gets relegated Uh, and it brings into focus the relegation issue in Super League because it it, it really does look now like Lee are doomed, you know, haven't won a match on the field. All sorts of things have conspired against them off the field. They're not giving up just yet down at uh, the Lee Sports Village. Do you think, think, Steve, there's a case here for a stay of execution for them? Should Super League, this is a terrible word, I know, expand to 13 or 14 teams to allow Lee another chance. They were up against it from minute one this year, weren't they?
1: Well, we've mentioned when it was occurred, when they said that they would be put into it. And remember, there were those other Super League clubs. Well done. Oh, yes, we want you to join us, but you only get 50% of the money. That was the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. Obviously, Lee said, "Look, we're desperate to get into the top division. We will accept that. I thought it was I thought it was absolutely disgraceful what the other super league clubs had done. If you're going to have a level playing field, then give them the same amount of money. They were doomed before the ball was kicked. You know it, I know it. RFL knew it, everyone else knew it, and did they care the super league clubs well, evidently no."
0: And I suppose there's the case for an expansion for a 13 or 14-team Super League blown completely out of the water because if that happened, they would obviously have to take a smaller cut of the money. And there's not much of that around at the minute.
1: And they won't do it, Eddie. They allowed... Could you imagine any organisation saying, yes, we'll allow you to join us, uh, but you're going to have to pay... Say it's the golf club. And I know you're involved at the golf club there, Eddie. Say if you said that, uh, Mike Stevenson, you can become a member. Welcome on board. But when you go to the bar, you have to pay twice the amount for your beer. And that's about <laughs> how it just sums it up.
0: You'd and save you millions. That's... You'd save millions if you've never
1: been to the bar in your life. Yeah, but what if, what I'm trying to explain is, is the yeah. fact that uh, it because, because I wanted to be at that particular golf club, you know, the one that you go to, a posh one. A real yes. posh one that, yes. you're pr- that you're proud of, and you're willing to pay twice the amount for your beer just to say that I'm a member of the club.
0: No, I don't think that has happened. Uh, but uh, but uh, <laughs> y- you you might be asked to pay twice the fee to get in, and that's basically you know turning on its head. That's basically what they've said to Lee, isn't it? You you you're yes. virtually paying twice the amount to stay with us. Yeah. Look, it's been fascinating again to get your take on things this week, Steve. Before we depart, um, you, you're normally the man with all the hot gossip and all the juicy stuff from Australia. Uh, looking away from the World Cup, what's going on down there? Any, any, anything good to finish on? Anything we
1: can get our teeth into? Well, it's a repeat this weekend of the uh, the grand final. Uh, Penrith play Melbourne, which should should have been an absolute belter. But Penrith, my old club, poor old Panthers, they have five of their top players who are out injured. So I'd have to say that Melbourne will be odds on to win. And the other one is Paul Vaughan. Remember? He was the guy at at St. George that put on a party where everybody got fined, this, that and the other.
0: Oh yeah, he had Uh, a big do, didn't he? I remember. Yeah.
1: That's right. And of course St. George said, right, well it He was fined $50,000. Not only that, they ripped his contract up and said, that's it. Everyone said, well, surely, with a man like that, that will not obey the rules and regulations, surely no one will will want to sign him. (laughs) Well, the Canterbury Bulldogs have just released that they're signing Paul Vaughan on a one-year contract. Money says it all, Eddie.
0: And all is forgiven. All is forgiven for, for good old Paul Vaughan. OK, Steve, that's it then for another week. You're all right for next week. You're in lockdown, of course, aren't you? So I suppose you've got no plans. We, we, we won't be able to miss out on your
1: esteemed company in seven days' time. Uh, I will be there, Eddie, and uh, we do get deliveries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I knew you wouldn't starve. I knew you would never starve.
1: And there's, a, there's the odd bottle of wine thrown in there as well.
0: What a surprise. What a surprise. You enjoy yourself, you stay safe, and we'll see you in seven days.